0: I think, they, I think they just really believe it. It's like, you
1: no, know, you're, you're not. right. You're right. They really take that shit as gospel that he said. Like yeah. really take it as gospel.
0: I ain't believing Nobody can't say Yosemite shit. Now that's, come on now. You kind to <laughs> say Yosemite, but so we can't fuck with it. Because you need to be able to at least say that word. It's not nothing new. I'm like, it's not
2: Welcome everyone to another episode of Four Layer Takes. We are so glad to be here. Black is King. That's not what we're talking about today, though. We are talking about The Watchmen episode seven, of which title I cannot remember. And, What's of talking religious and What's
0: Almost it Religious
2: Off. Almo- mm-hmm.
0: and almost religious off.
2: That's what we're talking about today, an almost religious off, episode seven of the 26th. Emmy nominated, award winning, *The watchman right. I'm your girl, what Kim.
1: You they're gonna win all. Hmm? They're gonna win. to Yeah, they're gonna
0: win. I'm they're
2: speaking win. it. I'm I'm prophesying that they're gonna win all, all 26. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they gonna
2: do it. Anyway, I'm your girl, Kim.
1: It's me, Mimi. It's your girl, Mel. It's your boy, Marcus, aka <laughs> Boat. Today we are recording. What is today? August third, fourth, Mm fourth, fourth, the fourth. What is that? Like we are about ninety days until Election Day. Ninety days until we tell Trump to get the fuck out of here. Ninety days until we rebuke everything that he stands for. Um, Yeah. Get Mitch McConnell the fuck out of here. Get Mike Pence the fuck out of here. Um, Get uh, what's
0: his name? Bill? No. Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr. Bill Barr. Bill Barr. William Barr.
1: Barr. 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 William
0: Barr. Steve Mnuchin, get your fucking ass out of here, too, you fuck boy. Bye. You uh, know Lindsey Graham. What was his? What's his? Uh, Lindsey. What's his gay
1: Lady.
3: Lady G. G. Lady G. Get Lady G. Out of here.
1: Lady G. In the immortal words of the great philosopher Tupac Shakur, "Fuck MAGA, fuck Donald Trump, as a staff, a record label, and a whole motherfucking crew."
3: I was like, wait a minute. When I was like, like, where are we going? Like, where Tupac say that?
2: This is not a I day. Chappelle skit. I like, they said Tupac ain't dead. Tupac out here talking about
0: fuck Mac. What? happening. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ah. If anything, bring her back. It'll be this foolishness. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, yeah. We're ready to vote. And everybody who is uh, doing mail-in or absentee ballots, a lot of those, you guys are going to be voting much earlier than most of us. So I'm excited for you to cap, go ahead and send your um, your ballots in. And can everybody please send positive energy out? Please sign any petitions um, that are in support of our post office, our postal service, yes. um, because Donald Trump yes. has uh, put someone as Postmaster General who is trying to destroy destroy the postal service and hurt them, and not give people not give the postal workers overtime as they do need this going into this next election. Um, so please, if you can change.org, I know, send, send something out today. If you can sign those petitions so that we can get Congress to act on behalf of our postal workers and our postal service, please do that. Um, yeah. It is very, very important um, for us as we prepare for November.
1: I mean, just the point of a regular campaign donor as Postmaster General. Like, what the fuck?
3: Like, and, and mail in your stuff as soon as possible because they are intentionally putting delays into the system. They are intentionally trying to make the the uh, election as chaotic as possible because as little finger would say chaos is a ladder so that's what they want they want to climb their way up to the top with uh more power via chaos so they
1: want chaos so hey hopefully hopefully they get that same ending
0: okay hopefully and please 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 everyone if you are listening to us please make sure that you fill out your census um, they are going to end the census a month early, so please make sure you get your census information. You can go online, you know, and do it. If you have have it mailed to your house, fill out that document and go ahead and put it back in the mailbox. They are going to end it 30 days early, so please make sure you get your census um, uh, done. Please, please. Okay, so we are getting into episode seven of this amazing, wonderful, magnificent show. Um, and... Uh, we are basically kind of kind of get Angela's backstory and a little bit of um, Dr. Manhattan's backstories in a very, very cool way. So I really like this episode, even though it's not my favorite, but I did think it was really great. When we start off the episode, it's basically talking a little bit about uh, how Dr. Manhattan had, I mean, how John Osterman has become Dr. Manhattan. And as we know, they kind of recap it. He stepped into the intrinsic field chamber to, you know, grab a, a watch. And he became... Uh, Dr. Manhattan through this uh, transformation and in the opening scene they say oh he became Superman so I was like there's another reference again to uh, Superman so I was like okay here we go Um, then you kind of they see a little bit about how uh, Vietnam became the 51st state Dr. Manhattan basically uh, became this huge, you know, his huge self and went in and helped win the war against Vietnam, uh, making them a part of the United States of America. But in this opening scene, we kind of see people are asking, is he a hero? Is he a villain? So they're kind of starting to villainize him a little bit, um, uh, talking about everything that he did and all the people that died uh, in the Vietnam War. So I thought that was kind of interesting how how they opened it up. But I did like that they did call back. And I think... Uh, Marcus can definitely help with that little back and forth between this world of the Watchmen and the Superman universe, um, which is a, a cute, a cool play.
1: Not how to say like, um, you know, like I feel like in every super, you know, super in every superhero show they talk about like superheroes like joining the military, helping to fight America's wars or whatever. But the Watchmen is like one of the few shows where it actually happened, and that mm-hmm. of course that same thing happened in the graphic novel as well. And you see, like, the, the ramifications of it. Like, so it really is every war, like, I want to say, even with the, pe- the people that we as Americans call heroes, some people call them murderers, villains, or whatever. And oh, it's, yeah. the same, it's the same thing with Dr. Manhattan,
0: so. Yeah. 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 And I feel like they did a really good job of this in the movie and showing us the war and how uh, he affected the war in the movie. I think a little bit better than this. Oh,
1: I, I mean, if I think like if any, it, it was completely unfair. Like he could have. I, I think the second I mean, he ended the war, they surrendered. That that long after. I was like, he
2: looked
3: like an asshole in the war too. He like he never looked like a hero to me. He looked like an asshole all the way around.
0: I was just like <laughs> Doctor Manhattan, you're an asshole. Right. Okay. So the next scene, we kind of get a little bit of Angela's backstory. Um, we see her with her parents in Vietnam. We know that uh, we see that her dad is in the military and she and her mom uh, were over in Vietnam with him and they're kind of celebrating the uh, Vietnam becoming the 51st State of the Union. So they're doing kind of this big celebration. You have a lot of people uh, dressed up as uh, Dr. Manhattan and there's it looks like a Fourth of July feel to it. Um, so they're just having a great time and Angela gets to go and pick out a video that she wants to watch and she picks up one called sister night and it's like a black woman with like a huge Afro afro, and it's kind of like a black, I thought of, I thought of immediately of Pam Greer in the uh, black exploitation films. Me Um, yeah. So I was like, Oh, okay. But you know, I, I I was like, okay, I can see why she would want to get that because this lady is looking badass on this, you know? on this video. She, uh, clearly we find out that she keeps trying to get this movie. Um, and her dad is like, no, you are too young to watch this. Mm-hmm. You need to go back. You know, you cannot, you cannot be watching this foolishness. You are a baby and, um, tells her, you know, you can't trust people in masks, you know, uh, they're hiding something. And we see a quick flashback. Um, and we know from the previous episodes that he is Will Reeves' son, uh, that we kind of see as a baby and a little boy. So he's automatically in his mind, like he is 100% against people in masks because he saw his dad, you know, kind of wear masks mask all the time and his his parents broke up.
1: Yeah. I so, mean, and mm-hmm. I don't know, like, they talk about generational trauma in the show and that's mm-hmm. one of that.
0: Yeah. It's serious. Like, that's, that's serious, serious. And I like, I like how they do the flashbacks with each person like, because we still see that black and white, even though it's hit She is still in the nostalgia, but we can see in his face that this is the reason why, even though he doesn't have to tell her, we can see it on the screen. So I thought that was really beautiful. So Angela, she, you know, she's not really feeling taking the movie back, but she, you know, complains. She's like, okay. So she ends up uh, running back to the store. And as she's going back to the store, she's kind of seeing some things happen. Um, She's kind of looking around some two guys look kind of suspicious the scene kind of slows down um, and uh, You you just see her paying a very very close attention to everything Um, Then we see a guy take a backpack from another guy who was actually doing a a dr. Manhattan kind of little puppet show um, and and, uh, him basically crushing or killing the the Vietnamese um, soldiers so uh, when she kind of turns back around uh, she she kind of gets um, she also kind of gets a little bit of a flashback between you see that she's in Tulsa She sees a little bit of the war So it's interesting how she's also still doing the, uh, the flashbacks Then she turns around and she sees her parents basically get blown up And the guy that blows them up is a, the man that she saw take the backpack from the guy doing the puppet show So he's basically suicide bombed himself and he says death to the invaders. So that's meaning the Americans and Dr. Manhattan so he she sees her family die in front of her eyes um so when this happens um uh we kind of see again all those different flashbacks she sees her parents uh pass away you know in her uh, before her eyes and then I re- that's when I realized that she's actually in still in the nostalgia um so did you guys have anything else to say about that scene that opener It was sad but I'm like that's it was I think uh, we had to see her how she sees the world and why she sees the world the way she does and fights the way she does she's like she's a badass lady on the on the on the video I
2: guess from the whole scene from the music from they were playing living in America to Mm -hmm. which I was like oh I guess this is like the 51st state and so that was interesting to her first of all you know I love little Annie from This Is Us so I was already here for Yeah, Annie. I was like, look at Annie. <laughs> That's not her real name. That's just her name on This Is Us. The character's uh-huh. name. Um, and then her going into the store, and he was like, you know, so she clearly had developed a relationship because she really wanted to see this. She was um, trying to get that movie. She had been trying to get that movie, and clearly she rented it several times. And she was good for continuing to ask her parents because she watched it. Because I think I just would have watched it. Like, yeah, like, oh, this would be good we do tonight. <laughs> this is what i'm doing <laughs> um and just like her sense of observation like her knowing something is wrong but not mm-hmm. quite what it is so now it makes sense that she can quickly take a pistol from the bed to uh, a rifle because mm-hmm. her sense of observation
0: is high yeah i'm like and then in the sense of observation and she immediate like i love the when they slowed it down you're like even you like see her little freckles and that's how close they were on uh the mm-hmm. like just the way they shoot this is so beautifully done but it was just like okay so she's always been special like i'm like okay so this is your this is your grandpa this is the real reeves in you because you have clearly always been a special child and you know what's up for real for real that's how you say a she's stay alive. just adorable that's all i want to say so adorable i don't watch this is us because i always cry at the commercials so i don't watch she's that show but i'm happy that she's another show favorite <laughs> love that show she's so cute i can't do it so uh, then we uh, flash back to current day um, Tulsa and we're, we're at True Industries with Lady True and Angela falls out of bed. So when her parents blow up in her memory, that's what kind of jars her up. So she falls out of bed and she's kind of getting back in, uh, getting herself back together, figuring out where she is. So remember, she's took the nostalgia pill. So now she's at True Industries trying to come out of it. So she's having kind of these a little bit of flashbacks and Lady True is trying to help her to uh, rid her system of the nostalgia pills. So when she falls out, Lady True walks in the room to help her up and she's like, oh, you know, fell out of bed again. So clearly Angela has done this five times where she'll wake up, you know, in a, in a, you know, a jarring fashion, because it's probably a very, very sad or stressful memory that she's had or the of wheels that she's had of her owner she's had. And she's, she's doing this cycle with Lady True. So Lady True was like, yeah, it's like the fifth time that you asked me the same questions. fifth time you fall out of bed. Lady True is kind of losing her, her uh, patience at this point. And I'm, I don't think she had a lot of patience to begin with. So she's getting a little bit irritated with Angela. So Angela looks down and we see this uh, thing on her arm. So she's basically doing a kind of treatment that's kind of like a dialysis where they clean, cleanse the blood of the nostalgia so they're basically what they're doing through this tube is trying to get all the nostalgia her grandfather's memories out of her system so she's just kind of looking down at this tube she doesn't know what where, what it connects to and she thinks that it connects to her grandfather that he's the one that that she's connected to right now to clean out her blood to get all of his memories out of her system um but we you know find out maybe that's a little bit something uh a little bit of a mystery because she doesn't, Lady True does not tell her what this, what's going on. Lady True does not tell her what's on the, under the end of the tube. And you kind of go into this um, kind of like an infomercial about nostalgia and this new cure for people who have, they've taken nostalgia and now they're hooked on it or they've gone into psychosis. So now they have to be brought out of it. That's why the drug had to be taken off the market. And that's why it's so dangerous. And, you, and I love that uh, Lady True would ask her questions. And Angela's still on her shit and she is not answering them. She's not having it. I'm like this lady never she never turns down. Like she turns down for nothing in the world. So she was on it. She was like lying to her. This is what's happening. Like, I'm not giving you what she doesn't trust her. She's not giving her an inch. And I love it.
3: Would you mm-hmm. trust a lady with that uh that uh bob nope. would you call that haircut in a in a white jacket? I don't, nope. you know? <laughs> I don't know. It's not
1: a bob. that, that haircut's not of fire though. It's kinda of
0: like something No, it ain't I'm, it's cute. It's animated it's cute.
1: Like, like, some. <laughs>
0: I like it I you know I don't trust a lot of people that wear white all like, night like that she wears a lot of white and I think that's an evil color because oh, she looks no. like the stormtroopers oh so. so you
3: like you you never like Lisa Ray or the Players Club like you just don't watch
1: that's the only exception <laughs> <laughs> that's a villain for life to you that's okay? a villain for life like, straight Damn. Up. Damn. Damn. no
0: <laughs> whatever whatever Mark. <Marcia. laughs> So in the next scene, we hear um, so Lori Blake is sitting in her car and she's listening to a tape and we hear Angela's voice. Okay, I'm sorry, Kim. The commercial? Did you go through the uh-huh. commercial that
2: explained the whole thing?
0: Not so in I depth. think
2: what was so interesting is I was like, oh, so this is something that they're actually promoting out in the world. Like we have the antidote, or or True Industries. I, I just mm-hmm. thought the whole like commercial was interesting not like the remedy but just the whole thing
0: mm-hmm.
2: i mean it was the infomercial it was
0: like it was like oh you've taken this now you're in psychosis and dying so we also made the cure you know i'm like it was like this is terrible how really many funny. people have you done this to <laughs> clearly a lot clearly a ton of people <laughs> they have done this terrible thing too that's taken this nostalgia pills guys don't take nostalgia if it even comes on the market don't do it <laughs> just- <laughs> i'm kind of curious about it though please don't take that please it ain't that serious you can forget it you you
1: can forget it it's okay <laughs> you wouldn't <laughs> take someone
0: else's stuff. like
2: like if if i could also get the antidote
1: uh-huh.
2: I, I might be down to take
0: it no i don't i wouldn't want to take <laughs> it uh-uh no we gonna see you you gonna have to go ahead get you a, hooked up to a tube i'm taking that <laughs> <laughs> so in, the next scene we see uh, Lori Blake sitting in her car and she's listening to a tape of Angela and Angela was actually saying a lot of what Will's memories were. So she's saying it out loud and she's talking about the mesmerism that that we saw that the, uh, Seven Calvary and the KKK had a book about how to mem- how to, to use mesmerism. She's talking about the Cyclops organization. So Lori's just kind of taking all this in. And you know it's true because this is actually Will's memory. So she's kind of taking all this in. Then she gets a call um, while she's sitting in the car from Petey. And Petey is uh, now, a couple of episodes ago, um, we remembered that Looking Glass uh, members of the Calvary showed up at Looking Glass's house after he kind of found out what was going on with them, with uh, the Seventh Cavalry. And Petey says, you know, there are a lot of dead Seventh Cavalry people here, there's one without a mask on, but Looking Glass is nowhere to be found. And don't you think it's strange that he didn't call it in, nobody knows about it at the police precinct, And Lori's like, well, I have to deal with that later. Just call it in and we'll figure it out. But they don't know. So now we don't know where Looking Glass is. We don't know where Wade Wade is. And we know that he is killed and um, all of the seven Calvary people that came to take him or do whatever they were going to do to him after the episode uh, that we learned that he was a part of um, what happened on 11-2. So Petey kind of hangs up the phone and kind of has to figure that out. Uh, We find out that Lori is actually at... uh, judd crawford's house so she is talking goes inside and talks to mrs crawford who we know is is judd's a uh, widow um we know that she was a uh former member of senator Keene's campaign is very close to him and she uh Lori just starts and I, I don't this scene kind of made me perplexed because i'm like why are you telling all the information so she was like telling Jud's wife for some reason uh that the, she knows that will reeves is angela's grandpa that he killed judd um that he was also hooded justice Um, And that he had she asked her, have you ever heard of a cult called Cyclops? And, you know, the the lady's just kind of like playing like, oh, no, I don't. This is crazy information. I didn't know this is insane. Like she's acting very um, she's acting very innocent at the beginning. And then Lori goes on to say, you know, what I really think is that Judd uh, and his friends were secret racist. Mm-hmm. She says, I think uh, that they that the Seventh Calvary and this uh Cyclops cult um, are the same organization and that Senator Keene and Judd were um, part of the part of these organizations that they orchestrated the white knight so that now the police can you know wear the mask and then you have the bad people wearing masks. So she said everybody's wearing masks nobody can trust each other but everybody's gonna make pledges and loyalty to the future president joe king so she's now worked it out in her mind you know we know Lori thinks fast she always making connections i just didn't understand why she told all this shit to this lady in her house like you sound like a don't tell everybody all your plans and all your information (laughs) then mrs crawford uh flips the script and she says oh well everything didn't go as planned so she outs herself as a part of this organization and she basically says you know all this everything that you said is right but we actually have bigger plans and more terrible plans And she has a little clicker in her her hand. And that's when you realize it was that that flashing light, that mesmerism flashing light, but it doesn't work. And I'm like, oh shit, Lori. I'm like, get up, punch her in the face, kick her in the, shoot her with your gun. Or I guess you don't have a gun, but kick her in in the boobs or something. And then she has a fucking trap door in her house and drops Lori Blake through the fucking trap door in the living room. And I'm like, no, Lori. Yeah, but that that <laughs> damn trap
3: door, that damn trap door wasn't working. Like that damn trap door wasn't working
2: right. Like, right, she was like, she was. Like, <laughs> <She laughs> Finally, with and Lord, that nineteen eighty five remote control. Lord was
3: sitting there like, "What you doing? What? Well,
0: what's <laughs> happening?" I'm like, "Bitch, if you don't get out of this chair, don't you see <laughs> this bitch trying to drop you through the floor?" I was like, "Why the fuck you still sitting a kicker?" I was like, "You got boots all kicking her in her eyeball or something like." Why are you still sitting there, Do You are an officer. You know how to think fast. So maybe Lori don't know how to think as fast as we think. Because remember with Judd's funeral, Angela was the one that that dropped the uh, that made sure that the guy got into the casket to be blown up. Lori just pulled the trigger. So she's not as fast as we think she is. No,
2: she just kind of impulsive. She's not really. Uh, was, why the her reaction people? time is slow? She, I don't know. She, I way. was going to
3: say if that um she was going to keep pushing that button if that um, remote didn't work <laughs> she was going to bring out a uh, uh
2: she was about to do that remote face. like on the back you know when you get a remote and you beat it on the back <laughs> nah, the, nah, for nah, the batteries was, that's what she was nah. about to do with
3: <laughs> she wasn't going to do that she was going to pull out a, a teacup and a spoon and send that bitch down <laughs> <Yeah>. to,
2: <laughs> back to the sunken place <laughs> that was place my that first way. thought my first thought was do all white people have a sunken place in their home. What is happening?
0: Oh shit, we really out of here uh, then. Okay. I thought
1: it was like something <laughs> out of a Bond movie or something like what it was like something out of like Octopussy or Dying of a-
0: <laughs> <laughs> It was so James Bond cuz I'm just like, "Hey, don't tell her all of your info. Keep some in your back pocket, Lori Blake. You're a better superhero than this bitch why you tell her all the information?" <laughs> But that was, uh, it was comical. When she dropped that lady through their floor, I was done. Cause Lori was so, conf- her face was so fucking confused. She was like, what's this old lady doing? What's happening? Oh, now you're down in the hole, dummy. <laughs> so that, uh, so we, we wrap that scene up and then we go back to True Industries where Beyond has now come into Angela's room and she's kind of given her a cognitive test that it looks like. Um, So she's like, you know, asking her different flashcards and what they look like. And Angela, thinks so so differently than I do because she clearly sees danger in places I don't see danger. So beyond, um, is basically telling her, no, like, Oh, well this is for my dissertation. You know, I'm, um, so you realize that she's, she looks like a, a small a young kid and she's actually in university. So much very intelligent. Um, the first thing I wrote in my notes is why isn't, why isn't beyond ever in school? Like, did she go to class? Like I'm confused. Is she homeschool? I didn't know what was happening. So now we know that she is university. So, uh, she then asked and um, asks Angela, you know, you know, do your, ki- you know, basically asking, do your kids know that you're a police? And she's like, No, they don't know. I don't want them to worry. She was like, Well, you know, if you don't want them, you know, want your kids to know, then why are you a cop? And in that scene, what was so interesting is that she had all these flashbacks of all of the time, all the cops that she had been, uh, that she was a cop, when she became a cop her grandfather, Judd, and she started looking at like all these badges. So it was a really cool way to flash back and that we still know the nostalgia is still in her system. Um, Then Angela uh, does a, this is a major flashback to um, her. She just automatically goes back to uh, her being in Vietnam. After her parents have passed away, she is uh, sent to an orphanage. So at this orphanage, like you can kind of tell that they're like making the the little kids make different toys. So I don't think it's a very good place for her to be. It seems really dirty and not a very positive environment. And so two cops come and the orphanage lady takes her out and she identifies the guy that uh, gave the uh, the bomber the uh, backpack. And she's like, yes, this is him. And the one the officer said, well, you can go back inside. You know, she basically they would take him around the corner and shoot him in the head. And she, and uh, Angela, as a child, said, "No, can I stay? Can I listen?" Oh um, like, the start. Huh? OG from the start, from the start. Because I was like, "Ooh, Um, So she wants to hear a man get murdered. But I mean, I guess you know he kills her. She been watching that Sister Night. She was watching yeah. Sister Night. Yeah, she was paying. She was studying Sister Night. So she, um, the policeman takes the guy around the corner, puts a bag over his head, and he shoots him. And uh, the, uh, the police woman that was with, standing with her gave her her badge and basically told her, you know, when, you're, when you grow up, why don't you come and join the police you know, force with me? You know, kind of just giving her a little bit to hold on to. So she kept that police badge with her, and that was kind of a little keepsake that she had from that day. Um, so after that flashback, we're back in modern day where she and Bianca are in the room. And Beyond tells her that she uh, she confesses, like, I have dreams of being an old lady. And she tells her, I even feel pain. Like, I feel this old lady's pain. And, you know, kind of, she's just confiding in Angela. So she you kind of said they're kind of going through the same thing. And Angela kind of looks up at her and she's starting to make a little bit of connection and thinks something's not quite right. So, what did y'all think about that scene? Because it was a it was a lot of jumping back and forth, but I thought it was really it was really well done. And I was not ready for that little kid to be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna this man get shot in the head." So we after we leave that, and then we go. We forgot about our boy, um, Ozzy, Mandy, is Adrian. Light. so we end up going back to the manor. So we remember when the last time we saw him, he was being arrested by the guy who was called the gamekeeper because he was trying to get uh, get off of this place that are out of this place that he's in um, he got pulled back when he uh, made it to the surface so uh, Vite is on trial and we find out that he's been on trial right now for 365 days so for an entire year he's been kind of in this uh, you know kangaroo court all of the people there are the clones of Phillips and mr Phillips and mrs crookshanks so they're the jurors they're the the attorney uh, the only person that's not a Crookshanks or a Phillips is the gamekeeper. He has a different face. So um, they make it through. He uh, They um, they say, you know, hey, do you want to give any defense? Like you haven't said a single word in your own defense in a year. He stands up and farts. And I was like, <laughs> Okie oh, you know, uh, I don't know where this is going. Like everything in this world is so bizarre. I'm like, I'm, I'm along for the ride. I just don't know where we're going. Right, I'll go. I'll go there. <laughs> It's one brand for him. Yeah, it was insane. So then um, the, these pigs run in and he's then uh, he's determined that he's guilty because the only rule in this world is that you are not supposed to leave. He is not supposed to leave this world. That's what he keeps trying to do. So he's found guilty and now he's going to go off to wherever he's going to go off to. So that scene, uh, it was just kind of creepy looking because it was all of the Crookshanks and Phillips the clones and they were just and they were like I'm like is he about to kill her? I was like is he gonna murder all these people? Like the first one I watched I was like you guys he kills you guys all the time like he murders you all the time. So like, i was like I don't know I didn't I didn't quite like that. So John, yeah I
2: still that? at this point have no idea what's going on in this world. We this seven episodes in I'm like I am even more confused. I was like yeah. is this the play? um is this just another act in the play he's been on trial for a year
0: i'm so it was confusing yeah and the way that time plays with the jumping back in the storyline is always confusing when we go back to the manor because and and we're off balance because we don't know where the hell he is yet so it's really it's this bizarre poor crook shakes and phillips i feel bad for them so then we go back to uh modern day where back to truth. Uh, True Industries um Angela is trying uh, to find out like what the hell is at the under end of this tube and she really thinks it's her grandfather helping her get better through this kind of dialysis so she finds a door but it won't open it's just it's just locked um and so Lady True kind of runs into her and she's like you know calm down come here have some little dessert or lunch with me so they sit down in her um in this uh kind of estuary that she's made to make it feel like vietnam and she kind of let slip you know lady true is like oh yeah i think it's so strange and so bizarre that cal you know it's it's not very often that people lose all of their memory you know, your husband cal lost his memory it was a bad accident that's really terrible and so angela looking at her like bitch why do you know all this stuff about my husband like why does everybody know all this stuff about my husband why are you always ask my husband like, all right she's gonna jump up and, and strangle you with this little magic tube in a second um And lady, she was like, "I do, I do I don't fight an old white lady. Uh, She'll fight anybody. I'm like, "You do what you she, need to do." Talk, oh God, these people Talk do, about do my know man too much one about it.
2: women, one time. these women know way too much about this fine dumb man. this box of rocks. They know too much about him, and yeah. he doesn't seem like he's doing all that talking because he again, yeah. dumb as a box of rocks. I don't even For know. How do these people know? He doesn't even know that he loved her. He had to read his own name in the letters. So I don't even know how these women know all this information about this man.
0: <laughs> they need to calm down. Like, keep my husband' name out your mouth, first of all. Exactly. Number one. So Angela's still not feeling it. She's looking, you know, dog out across that table. Like, but you're not about to crack me. I'm about to crack you one to two. So then Angela says, she basically accuses Lady True of uh, doping um, beyond with nostalgia. She was like, she and I have the same symptoms. She told me that she has dreams about being an old lady and she feels physical pain. Like, you're doing this to your own kid. Like, you're, you know, kind of a terrible person. Then your girl, Lady True, she was like stroking her like white cat, you know, had her cute little haircut with like her little white jacket. And she was like, oh no. Um, that Beyond is my mom. She's, so she has basically cloned her mother, and that is Beyond that we think is her daughter. And she's feeding her her mother's memories at night through the nostalgia. So did I say that right? I say that with enough clarity because it took a lot for me to understand what I was saying <laughs> in my own head. So it was just a lot going on. So beyond is her mom and she says the reason that she wants she says I want my parents here with me on my biggest day when I saved the world and you know the millennial clock goes off like I'm gonna save the whole world of course I want my mom and dad with me and she doesn't tell her where where her dad is uh, he's not there yet but that beyond is her mom um and so she's trying to give her back her memory so you now figure figure out there be, that uh lady true's mother was um, in the Vietnam War and that she was, her village was burned down and she was had to go, like, walk a lot of miles um, and was in a lot of pain because her feet were, she didn't have any shoes on and her feet were in a lot of pain. So that's kind of crazy. And poor beyond I just felt that was it, messed up.
3: It just seems, it sounds pretty much, again, on brand for something, somebody with too much money and not enough to know what to do with it would plan on doing. Like, yeah, why not do that? I have a trillion dollars. so. Yeah
1: bring my mom back <laughs> but I just couldn't
2: understand why she wanted her mom to be a teenager like, I guess I was like did she take somebody's body and put her memories in I was very confused but I don't know if we ever get the answers
1: to that but no and that that's the point that I wanted to make this mm-hmm. is just mentioned and kind of never talked about again for the rest of the show like this show has so much to unpack that this statement the, 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 the fact that this is her mother is never talked about again for the rest of the show I, I, right. oh man
0: black lady shrug emoji because <laughs> <laughs> in my mind i was like okay so she brought I, in my mind i was going like so she bought Vite's industries right so she has his technology if he can make crook shanks and Phillips, then that's how she made her mom. But I was like, if you're going to clone somebody like she did when she gave the uh, Clarks the baby, I was like, that's maybe how she just made her. But I, I don't know. It was confusing. I was just like, okay, so poor Beyond thinks that she's a daughter. She's actually the mom. Her, She thinks these are her are, are dreams, but they're really her fucking memories. I'm like, how are you going to break that to her? Like, that's fucked up. She's going to have a nervous breakdown. Right.
2: She's not going to break it to her. I mean, she already told Will, or Will pretty much already said that there is no explanation. She's not going to explain it.
0: Yeah.
2: That's, That's why we don't know who or what she can who she is. She's yeah. not she's not
0: even going to explain it to us. Maybe in season two, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Maybe mm-hmm. we'll find beyond beyond going to be uh, running around her on another uh, mask. <laughs> So we, uh, then we see poor Lori Blake. We know that she fell through the floor in the trapdoor in uh, Mrs. Crawford's house. And uh, she wakes up. And now they've taken her and, like, strapped her to a chair in that old abandoned um, store. She says, old abandoned JCPenney's. So she's at the old JCPenney's with the 7th Cavalry. And they're building a cage around that portal that we saw when um, Looking Glass had gone in there and kind of exposed them. Uh, then who... Who wants to walk up but Senator Keene with his punk ass. So she's looking at him and she's like, dude, don't be, don't be that kind of like cliche. Don't tell me all of your bad your big bad plans for everything you're gonna do and all the bad stuff you're gonna do. Like she's just, they make, she just stay make she stay talking shit to people and your boy is like, Oh no, I'm not gonna tell you and she's like, Oh, you're gonna try to figure out something? He was like, I'm gonna become Doctor Manhattan. And I'm like, "Ooh, that sounds painful. <laughs> <laughs> the architect's like, Oh, that's really bad you're terrible like and i feel like that's what we're going through right now like just think like a uh, racist bigot is like one of the most powerful people in the world and we are living through this right now like oh uh, my gosh please
1: don't do that right. no i mean like what when King was given his old plan and he was, i think he said like restoring balance to a time and principle uh-huh. that our country was founded upon and uh-huh. she was like well that sounds like extra steps to racism uh-huh
0: because he was like he was like it's really hard out here for a white man i was like oh
3: lord i i I just imagine being so entitled that you literally have run the world for centuries you have been the president of the most powerful country in the world for 236 years because my math is bad president uh obama was for eight years so that take away eight anyway and you, and you don't get to be, <laughs> you don't get to be president for eight years, and now you're like, oh my, oh, the change is happening too quickly. I know this is a whole other universe, but that's essentially what's happening now. the The change was happening too quickly. You have one brown president for the first time ever, and it's like, oh my God, we must
0: go back to
2: like,
1: a the good old
0: days, <laughs> right? Like, that was yesterday.
1: That was yesterday. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. And this might, be, this might be like a loose parallel, but I, I was listening to a James Baldwin speech, and he was talking about Robert Kennedy, and Robert Kennedy saying, like, is, I, don't, I don't think he said Negro, but he's like if the black man, if we help him now, maybe in 40 or 50 years, when he, I guess, I guess, how am to say, becomes more professional, more, more professional, or he meets white people's standards of professionalism, Maybe then he could be president. But Robert Kennedy himself had written his brother's coattails, yeah, really his family's coattails, into where he was. That at, at that point. Mm-hmm. So, but that okay. I I digress though.
3: And, no. and, well, okay, yeah. Let's not get into that. I'm just like, and him being a Catholic. I'm sorry. Let's go. Let's
1: go. <laughs> I don't want to get yeah. to this history lesson. Just, like, history. <laughs> learn y'all.
0: Learn you history.
1: history. Right. White, male, <laughs> white male fragility is is is. Fickle is so fragile. Yeah, it's very fragile.
0: So uh, we poor lawyer. We cut off from lawyer Blake. She, I mean, her Facebook's just done when she realizes that uh, Keen wants to now become a new Doctor Manhattan. Um, we already know that she's very attached to Doctor Manhattan as um, as a uh, we're together a long time ago. So we cut back to True Industries where Lady, um, so Lady True is basically giving a speech outside. They're prepping for the start of the Millennium Clock. So she's talking about like, you know, we did so many great things, but then there's some things that we didn't do that were so great. And, you know, we had this thing called Nostalgia. And what she said is that when people took it, it would have been a great thing, but when people took it, they fixated on their saddest memories or the most destructive memories or their, the worst memories because, and that's how they got stuck because they try to change those things or they really fixate on them. So that's how people kind of got stuck in the, uh, with using nostalgia. They, did, they didn't use it the way she attend, intended them to use it to really go back to the positive or try to remember things that they loved. So, and I think that's just kind of human nature. We always want to try to go back and maybe fix things or rethink about things right. or- when bad, I, when sad things happen, we do focus on them because how can we make that better? How can we've done better? So I
3: kind of hey. feel, I kind of feel like they should have seen that coming.
0: <laughs> Me <laughs> because, too. Yeah.
3: Because you, you can get a thousand people praising you, mm-hmm. and it'll be the one person in the comment section or whatever that says something, and you fixate on that person. Well, what can I do to? Well, why yes. did they feel that way? Like, like <laughs> yeah. I would have thought they would have possibly seen that happening with memories, but yeah, it's just human normal. nature.
0: Just right. human nature, yeah. So uh then we see Aunt, so Lady Truth giving this speech, and she's on the big screens. And Angela is still trying to figure out what's behind this door. She's like, "What? Am, what the hell am I attached to?" So she start, goes back to the door. She starts banging on it. Remind you that it's locked. She thinks her her grandpa's back there, so she's basically talking to him through the door. And so she finally breaks the door open, and uh, she opens it, and she finds a huge uh, elephant that's sleeping on the floor, and. I didn't know really what was going on. I'm like, I know elephants are supposed to have really long memories. Right. And like, I I did not understand. And I don't know did Pedi- pedia say anything about this uh, <laughs> elephant situation because I didn't go to pedia. I don't want. I, 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 I like to focus just on the show. But I was conf- I was like, I know I don't elephants know. have big brains, but
2: I didn't read it. But remember in the commercial, it said that part of the um, like healing is that. It has to take your memories and import it into another being to clean them, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, to clean it. So I just figured that's all the elephant was there for. It's a huge animal, a mass, and it can absorb memories. They're known for having for not forgetting things. So this elephant has who knows, thousands of people's memories stored. It's, It's clearly tired. You see, why it wasn't up moving around?
3: Why torture this elephant like this? This this elephant wake up thinking he a black man and then hung a clamp. He just don't <laughs> know what's going on. Like
2: he doesn't wake up. He, he just don't know the, what's the going on. It's comatose. The elephant just, is comatose. Did you see how many um how many
0: tubes was connected to it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just,
2: for-
3: it, to me, it was funny because I'm like, "Y'all have all this technology, and it's the best you could come up with." <laughs> I thought <that's> true. <laughs> This oh, is what you, this what you got. Connect me <laughs>
0: to an elephant, okay? <laughs> okay. Y'all are like, let me just run. Let me run to the zoo real quick and get one of these elephants. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was fucked up. So uh, she sees this elephant. She's just she's horrified, and she rips the tubes out of her her arm. And immediately she starts going into a flashback. So she passes out and she goes back to her time in Vietnam when she was a little girl and she was living in the orphanage. So as she was in the orphanage, a lady comes up and she uh, is introduced, introduced herself as uh, her grandmother. Her name's June. And we know that Will and June were married and that June was the baby that Will saved um, during the uh, Tulsa massacre. So she introduced herself and she is like, I'm going to take you out of here. This lady, this doesn't seem like a good place. And this lady talks to you all bad. So let's go, let's me and you get out of here. So she grabs her her little things and um, she grabs her, uh, the little, the movie, first of all, that she had, and then the police badge that she had under her bed that she was kind of keeping for herself, and her and her grandmother go and they kind of go for like a little a little lunch and June is uh, telling telling her that i didn 't know that you were even alive. you know um, her dad joined the military, and once he joined the military, June basically was like disowned him. If you join the military, then I mean you are not going to be together anymore, so she basically disconnects. He, you know, goes over to Vietnam, serves in the military, gets married, has a baby, still doesn't, her, the mother still doesn't know about this because she's now in Tulsa. Um, and June uh, tells her that she had a, a, a small heart attack and it made her kind of rethink some things. So she wrote a letter to, to uh, I think his name is Marcus, I believe, um, uh, to, to Angela's dad. And it came back that he was deceased. And because he never put June down as a next of kin, that's why Angela was put in the, into the orphanage. So once June found out that she was in the orphanage, that's when she came over to Vietnam to get her and bring her back to Tulsa. And she show, uh, she was like, oh, what is this? And uh, Angela shows her the Lady Knight, you know, uh, video. And she's like, oh, yeah, you better not fuck the Lady Knight. And it was a cute moment because she was like, well, she looked, I, I, I wanted her because she looked like me. And then June was like, well, I can understand if you live in Vietnam, you don't see a lot of people that look like you, little black girls or strong black women or anything like that. So representation, I like that, that commentary on representation as well. So I was like, this is so great. This is so fantastic. She's going to be saved. They go out to the car and they go out to the taxi and they're going to, you know, get into the taxi and go to the airport. And fuck it, if June don't pass out and have a heart attack and die on the street. <laughs> where I said, what? Do I need to take a Xanax before this show? Like, shit. So she died. She had no
2: happiness. you got no happiness. She had a whole 30 seconds of being happy. Dude, because, I'm best. like, but June, I was like, June, you literally just had a heart attack before you came to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. From all I know about Vietnam, it's hot as hell. It's hot. Now, it's hot. <laughs> and so, I'm like,
0: oh, and what? Is, poor June. Poor June, poor poor Angela and poor June. So June dies, uh, kind of on the street behind the taxi, and Angela clearly has to go back to the orphanage where she's raised, um, and, you know, in, in Vietnam, because now she really doesn't have any any family that she knows of. She does not know she has a grandpa. So, um, and she asked June about about. She was like, "Oh, well, this, where's where's my grandpa?" And, and June kind of glosses over. It. She doesn't even bring up Will. So this little girl doesn't know she has one person in the world. But then you know, finds out many years later. So that was just kind of a sad scene because I really wanted her to win and life like that. But it was pretty bad. Um, after that, so Angela, it, she wakes up. Uh, when she pulled the, when she had this flashback and she pulled the tube out, she passed out on the floor with the elephant. She wakes up immediately or wakes up after that. And then she's like, I got to get out of here. I got to escape the, uh, True Industries. She goes into, she, um, she goes into what looked like an elevator as she pushes the button for ground zero or zero the back door opens up and she walks into this kind of black room where it's this huge, um, glow, like a globe. And she goes to touch it and uh, touch the different cities on the globe. And you realize that these are the blue Dr. Manhattan booths that are all over the world. So people, you know, get on there. We saw Lori Blake tell her long ass, uh, uh, joke story or whatever that I couldn't follow to save my life. Um, and come to find out lady true owns these and mm-hmm. she's just like Dr. Manhattan, you know, doesn't even, care about anyone he's you know just saying all these negative things about him and these people come in asking for help but he does nothing he's basically left us he doesn't do anything so she uh, lets her know that um uh that that she says oh well i i know that i was told by your grandfather that uh dr manhattan is uh he walks among us he's here on earth he's not off where you think he is um and angela doesn't flinch she doesn't got an eye she was like bitch i gotta go it's time to leave on out of here so she turns around and was like bye and then as she walks out you know angela never asked about anything about dr manhattan which i think that was another like oh okay wait a minute that's kind of weird if he's just walking around then what's going on mm-hmm. so uh we get angela in the car she they're outside are we still see pirate jenny and red scare and they're outside kind of patrolling and she was when she drives out she was like, bitch, I'm about to go. Pyrogymne like, you can't go anywhere. You're under arrest. She was like, bitch, please drive the car. <laughs> the car. I was like, I got to go get my babies and get my husband because he can't even remember nothing. He don't even know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, um, and we know that, you know, he has a memory problem. So as Angela pulls up into her driveway, we see that the uh, seven Calvary people are outside. Like somebody's watching her. I immediately thought it was seven Calvary. So I was like, you see them outside of her home. She pulls in and um, she wakes Cal up. He's kind of laying on the couch. I, I just didn't, I did not see what book he was reading. So uh, that's. Um, uh, I made a note of it and forgot that quickly. Okay. I was like, I, I just didn't. And I forgot to make, I forgot to make a note of it, but he's kind of has a book on his chest and she goes and wakes him up and she says, you know, it's time for you to come out of the tunnel. And then she goes to a drawer. She goes under the sink and she grabs a hammer. So
3: I was like, oh, "Okay, it's it's uh, for whom the bell to um, bell tolls." And I it's because I think the it foreshadows his death. I never I never read that book, but that okay. That. <laughs> oh.
2: But here's the thing, Cal. No, he was doing a lot of reading. And knew no things. I said, he knows nothing <laughs> and he is reading all the books. I, yeah, Cal was a, he was an ignorant one to me. I couldn't understand.
0: He don't know nothing. You don't know, know nothing. He way. You got no answers.
2: And reading all the books and maybe he really wasn't reading them because you always see him with the books laid on his chest. Yeah. So yeah. maybe he never, maybe it was just decoration. I, <laughs> he's reading all the books.
0: Oh, Lord. Well, she wakes him up. And then she, you know, says it's time to come out of the tunnel. She has a hammer in her hand. And he, he's just kind of like out of it, like, what's going on? She was like, listen, you have not been in an accident. You know, um, it was all a lie. You know, this was a way for us to stay together for a while, for us to be happy for a while. And she tells him, you know, no, John, you're not yourself. And then she apologizes and she busts him in the head with his hammer It goes <laughs> like, what is mm. happening and then she like jumps off and you like busted she was hammering his head and then you see this blue light start to shine now that's and that's love then,
3: that that is love, to that be is definitely to love, love. Somebody enough that you can beat him in the head with a hammer i mean mm.
0: that's why he was so dumb <laughs> this whole time she's been beating this man <laughs> with a hammer beating with a hammer so you see him getting beat with a hammer he didn't know what was happening and then you just see kind of this blue light emit from her skin, and we know we love blue lights on brown skin. It looks really beautiful. Um, and then we see, you know, he's Doctor Doctor Manhattan, who's been among us the whole time. I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you. You did. So. Well,
1: I, did, I, I was appreciate you chin. telling
2: me that early, though. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Manhattan is a dumb me. He's not
3: a I mean, He's just not he has no attachment to human emotion at all. That's that's Or oh, thought. Or oh, thought. No, nah, I mean he was he was he just like that's why he could tell the kids, oh, it ain't shit out here. That's why he had to read, oh, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I love you. I don't know. Yeah. What is love? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is love? I don't know. Well, I mean it was and then he his you can tell that now he something else has been blocked. Okay, so we know that it wasn't, you know, because she says it wasn't an accident you were in. There's something else making you not remember. So you just kind of, we kind of kind of figure it out next. But it was when she picked that hammer up, I was like, the fuck going on here? I was like, what is, so I'm like, I really did not know. I knew he was strange. I just didn't know who he really, really was. Cause I was like, this could really be anybody. He could just pop up being anybody, to be honest. Cause you can make yourself into whatever you want. It, um, it was, was
2: just a scene out of misery. Yeah. Her and the hammer yeah
3: (laughs) sorry (laughs) that's my movie
0: that's what
3: it was like though
0: yeah it was it was nuts it was a great episode yeah a lot of a lot of i thought it was it was good uh a good reveal and enough information i was like okay so now we know why angela is she the way she is why she's such a badass because she's always been a badass
2: right you
3: know and she's had to be to survive it for you to be able to bash your lover's head open, yeah, pull out metal oh, and then no. be like, baby,
1: that's
3: uh, not that's not love at all. I just, I said for you to be able to bash your lover's head open and then be able to be like, all right, after he comes too, you know, we got to get this together because we got shit to do. You got to be a hard ass. Like she showed no emotion, mm-hmm. none of that. Like, and we see why because her whole life it was just a bunch of losses. <laughs>
2: it's like I don't know. So, Cal was like, You're just not yourself without a snicker. Like, it was a whole like that last thing, her bashing <laughs> his head in with that umbrella, with that camera. <laughs> I was like, oh. oh, it's a little
0: much to end this episode. <laughs> it was crazy. It was good, though.
2: Yeah, I like how
3: well, how did she even do, baby? We in deep fucking trouble or
0: something. Yeah, she was like, we, we, We're in trouble. You need to wake up, come out the tunnel. We in yeah, trouble. I like that. I was like, yo, wake your ass up, start reading all these fucking books and get your life together. <laughs> and, but next episode is that was what I've been waiting
2: on. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All episode right. eight is my favorite one of the series. Yeah, it's
1: beautiful.
0: Well, uh, we are saying goodbye to this very exciting episode seven. Um, we thought it was great, and thank you for that. The twenty sixth Uh, nominated, Emmy award-winning nominated um, show Watchmen, episode number seven. Thank you, and bye!
3: Bye!
0: Bye!